All right. Uh, I'm Josh, and I'm here with Ryan Azada. Yeah. How you doing, Ryan? <laughs> good. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. Uh, we've had an exciting night. This is the last day of uh, Bomb Shelter Radio Memphis, and uh, I feel pretty good about it. Um, and um, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm glad we're able to get you in and 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 talk a little bit. Yeah. Um, After our cool show. Yeah, that was an amazing show. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. I felt real weird about it right after, just because it was our... We haven't played very many shows as a band. Yeah. I've played a lot of solo shows, but... Um, so I was like... I get a little freaked out afterwards, but... Yeah. I listened back to it the day after, and I was like, yo, that was all right. Yeah, it has a it has a nice... You know, it was very... Um, your performance was, was quite impressive. Like, I really yeah. enjoyed, like, your presence as a as a musician um yeah it was nice (laughs) um so tell us man like how tell us tell me i'm just curious we talked a little bit about um your old space oh yeah um and i was just curious if you could tell i mean you're quite you're quite young in a way yeah 23 yeah yeah and i've started venues when i was like 19 20 I was like running. I, I started booking shows, I guess, when I was eighteen, um, and then with the idea of starting um, like a nonprofit uh, cooperative, something, you know, sort of like that. Um, kind of loosely based off this place called Wonder Root, which is in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that a good friend of mine, uh, this guy Wit, who plays in a band called The Wild, he he like co-founded Wonder Root and it's this beautiful art space in Atlanta that has like um they have an all ages venue in the basement mm-hmm. and then on their main floor they have like just available for the community they have like um a dark room a, a digital media lab a recording studio a gallery space like all this incredible stuff a zine library all yeah. this amazing stuff and so I'd, I'd gone there, and I was like, yo, Memphis doesn't have this. Mm-hmm. I should have this. How do I do it? Um, and so that started, like, a saga of trying to, like, raise money and get a space and start a venue. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, that was... I've run, like, two or three different spaces. I helped start, like, Crosstown Arts, which is, like, two doors down. Yeah. Um or I didn't help start the nonprofit, but I helped start the the performance space that exists over there. It's like a one night exhibition space, whether it's like a a punk show or like a art exhibition or a workshop or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. one night only and uh it's really cheap to rent like thirty to sixty dollar overhead and like then the all the rest of the money that you raise just goes back to you wow so it's like a really incredible concept that they have um and then i started a space um next door called 1372 over in park which is after named lucero named an album after that space which because it was their old practice space and uh i ran a venue out of there for six months wow how'd that go uh it was good until like cops started coming to shows and like kind of root like I had roommates and we just all couldn't get along and like figure out like a way to 
we kind of were all from different scenes, and there wasn't really a way for us to coexist, I think. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so we all kind of just, like, disbanded it. But, mm-hmm. And um, you were living out of that space, too. Yeah, I lived there, no heat, no AC. Oh, my gosh. I lived there in the dead of winter, slept on the floor. Wow. For months. I mean, it was I'm not rough. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah. How cold does it get here in Memphis? Um, I think that winter it was getting like 20 degrees. Oh, so. that's cold. And yeah, with no heat and like I was so poor. Yeah. Just like. And you know, we didn't take any money from the door for shows there. Like it all went to bands. I was working over at Crosstown running that space. Uh-huh. Sometimes I would have two shows a night or like tons of stuff going on. Just uh-huh. and like. Yeah, it was a wild, weird time. Yeah. But it was cool. Wow, that's fun. Uh, do you think you've, you're going to start um, doing that kind of thing again? I don't know. Probably not. I feel like I'm kind of burnt out on it. Like, when I when I left, I worked at Crosstown for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was left, I think I was, like, I accomplished everything I wanted to do. Like, that place still is running, and, like, they still do incredible stuff. And there's other people who were booking shows like because my thing was i specific only booked substance free all ages shows that was my wow. thing i'm not straight edge at all like a lot of people thought i was but um i just thought it was important to have like a space where um i mean where like kids could come but also where um people who maybe dealt with like substance abuse could feel okay about going to shows, which was, like, evident. I had a friend um, come up to me at a show one time, and she was not even 21, and she was like, hey, I'm an alcoholic, and, um, you know, been through all the steps and everything, and was like, I have not been able to go to see bands for over a year because I don't, I can't control myself in that environment, and uh, this is really cool. And she came to, like, every show for months, Every show we would have up there, she was present. It was pretty cool. That's her space, huh? Yeah. So that was, uh, like, a moment that solidified, like, yeah, this is the coolest thing I could Mm -hmm. be doing right now. So is there, yeah, speaking of all ages spaces, is there, is that happening anymore here? Um, There aren't really any that exist only as an all ages space that I know of, at least, that aren't, like, religious affiliation, like, there's there are some churches who will do all ages shows, um, but you know I've, I always felt like kind of weird about that because I'm not a religious person. So it's like that was a kind of strange place where I never felt comfortable mm. going to shows. Um, but yeah, there's not really any places that specifically cater to that. Like High Tone will have an all ages show. Um, there, there are a couple other places that will do them, but it's usually pretty difficult to make it happen. Yeah. Um, or they, like, charge a crazy amount for anybody who's under 21. Yeah. Which kind of sucks, but... Um, yeah, there's nowhere that's really dedicated to it, and nowhere on a level... Like, I've had friends' bands who play strictly all-ages shows typically have to come here and play an 18-up, 21-up show. Because right. it's like that's all they could get. Yeah. So, do you think that keeps bands uh, away from Memphis? Kind of, and I think for like multiple reasons. Um, there was an article. This came out a couple years ago, um, and I can't remember who wrote it. It was an op-ed, I think, that was about um, Memphis as a music market, 
um, and it talked about some surrounding cities that get shows that we wouldn't get and like how they have better venues and all this stuff. But um, one thing I didn't see brought up in there was that I didn't see them discussing all ages shows at all. Mm. And, uh, and I thought that was interesting because like, I think right around that time I had booked a show, um, so, uh, I think it was like Touche uh, Amore and Pianos Become the Teeth and something like 200 people came 75% of that crowd was under, were, they were teenagers. And so it was like, that's a large $10 to $12 a ticket. Like, that's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, I think we were able to pay the venue several hundred dollars. I paid the bands as a package, like, over a grand. And it was like, that's a lot of money to consider missing out because nobody, nowhere has all ages shows. Right. And if it's like, if that's possible, I feel like, why isn't that brought up? And all this, I've been on tour, and, like, I feel like all the cities that had the best music communities were places where, like, all-ages shows were happening. Because, I mean, if people who are, like, 14, 15, 16 aren't getting interested in the music because there's nowhere to go to find it, then, like, they're not going to be interested in it later. Yeah. And, like, so it's... It's a lot of money to miss out on if you're looking at it from like an economic standpoint. You almost have to in some yeah. ways, you know. So it's like, yeah, I think I think that is a reason why a lot of people don't come because you're not going to make anything if you come here and you play to, you know, five people. Yeah. Because your target audience is like, you know, fourteen year olds maybe. Right. So, um, and I guess like um, you know I was talking with. Uh, Brian Venable the other day and we talked a lot about like punk and how it's this like sort of culture of, of youth or that's his point of view on it. We talked mm-hmm. about growing older with it and stuff and yeah. um, one thing that I really that I just had a lot of questions about um, was um, he told me a lot of stories about like you know working at the donut shop and like what it was like being a punk in like late 80s early 90s here mm-hmm. you know and i thought that was really <clears throat> interesting and and we talked about how it's almost necessary for like a space you know like a your location at least back then to um like cultivate a scene or something you know yeah um and from your point of view i mean you're you're 20 years younger than him you know and you're kind of going through this stuff now yeah and um would you say I mean, how do you, what's your experience with Memphis as being a, a place for sort of, like, youth-led cultural movements? Um, I don't know if it's interesting, because when I first started going to shows, I would leave town. I would go to Little Rock, mm-hmm. and I would, when I was 15, 16, I would drive out of town because the bands I wanted to see weren't coming. And I listened to a lot of, like, punk and hardcore at that point. Mm-hmm. Um so I would, I would have to drive out of town to see the bands I wanted to see. There's kind of a, um, a movement um, based around this small record label that, that's kind of based in the suburbs called Smith 7 Records. Mm. Um, and they have existed for like, I mean, maybe 15 years. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly. Um, and the guy who started it still books shows, still like, we just played the other day. He has, like, a week-long music festival in town. Um, 
so like last Saturday we played a show, a house show that he booked as part of that. Um, but um, what's interesting about that group is like, you know, he's kind of the person who's always remained, mm -hmm. um, and he's in his thirties now. But like, there's always like a new batch of like high school kids who kind of take over and like start new bands and. Um, but it's a little bit. I've always seen it a little bit disconnected from like Memphis proper because it's more based out in the suburbs, mm -hmm. which is kind of where like I grew up. Um, yeah, that's the only like that's the one that I can really think of that's existed for a long time, and and, and they still have like good turnouts and like a committed group of people. Yeah, um, I feel like a lot of. A lot of house venues here have like come and gone since I've started going to shows. Like, um, you know, and people just get disinterested with it. I feel like really easily. Yeah. They just kind of stop and or move on to something else or move out of town or yeah. whatever it is. But do you find? Or, but are, are there people that stick around though? Yeah, I mean Brian Venable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuck around. Right. Um, I, I'm sticking around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there are cool people who, st who like, stay here, and there are cool, there are, like, plenty of people who leave for a while and come back, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I had a, I, I considered myself, like, I, I joined this band that toured nine months out of the year, and, yeah. like, I considered that going away. Yeah. Like, I, because I didn't really live anywhere. Right. Um, so I, I felt like that was going away, but now I'm, I'm back. And that was Dad's? Yeah, I played in this band Dad's for a year. Yeah, and what what was that like being away for so long? Uh, dude, it was nuts. It was kind of like it was interesting because I I quit my job at Crosstown to join the band, um, which was a job that seemed like it could be like a career thing. I mean, they basically, within reason, kind of let me do and like experiment with whatever I wanted to make happen over there. Mm -hmm. um, and they're only going to get bigger, like as they like finish their redevelopment of the of the Sears building. So, I could have gone on to do whatever um, and be involved. I feel like however I wanted, but um, but I joined that band, and it was always a thing where like when I would leave for a tour before, it was like a vacation, mm. and this was different because I feel like I just started seeing someone. I had this job. Mm -hmm. I had this incredible place I was living with these amazing roommates and like I was like oh now I'm going away and I kind of don't want to yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that was like hard to reconcile and then being gone for like two or three months at a time wow it was like you start to become a little unhinged yeah but uh but yeah it was and it made me really appreciate like the time I could come back and spend time here yeah so so that was you know that's what that was like. <laughs> yeah. Wow, man. Um, so now you're back. You got Small Fires. Yeah, I've you got doing... this whole other weird band. Yeah. <laughs> I talked with Rebecca the other day. That was really cool. Yeah, she's you know? awesome, man. She's, she's so cool. Um, and yeah, that seems like it, there's something going to happen with that. I mean, how are you feeling about that? I feel good. We need to... We started recording an EP that we need to finish. I've had like this ear infection for like a month yeah. that won't go away, so I can't hear out of my left ear. So I don't really want to go like record. Yeah. 
but everybody else has done their parts. I just have to finish my stuff. But, um, you know, we'll see. It's hard because uh, Rebecca and our guitar player, Julian, are both in school yeah. in college. So it's like touring is not really a thing that we can do with that unit. Yeah. So whether that means, like, I'll just do solo tours or tour with a different collection of people, I don't know. But, um, but it's a great, like, it's a cool band because uh, I did, like, you know, for a year I tried, like, the whole music industry thing yeah. and, like, tried to, I don't want to say, like, play the game, but, like, I saw what it's like to, you know, deal with PR and, like, you know, have to deal with labels or this or that, and I was, you know, it, it just, like, wasn't for me. Yeah. And it made it a little less fun, or, like, you know, having to, like, this pressure before a tour of going, what are our t-shirts going to be? What are, what designs are we going to have? Mm-hmm. We all have to, like, come up with a design and bring it to the table, and, like, that kind of stuff just totally doesn't interest me. Yeah. Um, and so, like, people keep being like, yeah, you should get, like, Small Fires t-shirts. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't want to. Like, that's the last thing I want to think about, <laughs> <Yeah>. ever. <laughs> Not that I don't appreciate, like, when I see a cool band shirt, I'm like, yo, that's amazing. Yeah. Whoever designed that is a genius, and, like, but I don't, there's just not room in my head to, like, think of that stuff. Yeah. So I'm not very good at the music industry. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think we'll probably just play some shows, and hopefully we'll see what happens. See what know. happens. I have no expectations. It's just a very easygoing, like, enjoyable thing. I think and that's, we all enjoy it, so yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, I think that'll, that's probably a great, great approach. Yeah, I heard this, um, I heard this incredible Ryan Adams interview that changed my life where he talks about um, fear and doubt in, in making art. And he talks about how, like, um, waking up and saying, like, today I'm going to participate in this thing, and there are no wrong answers at all. Yeah. And uh, there's no harm that can come from anybody, that can come to anybody from doing this. I think that's, like, a really incredible way of looking at it. And it totally took away all the anxiety behind playing. I don't get nervous. Yeah. Which is cool, because I feel like I have some friends who are, like, yeah, if you don't get nervous, then you shouldn't do it anymore. Right. You know, that whole mentality. But I feel like it's made it, even when I was playing in Dad's, like, it made it... I, like, found this joy in it that I didn't know I was missing Mm. because I was able to make connections with people while playing that I wasn't able to make before because I was too caught up in my own head about what was going on. So, yeah. That's what, that's kind of what this band... It's about it's just like no negativity yeah. associated with it at all that's great so, man. yeah yeah that's vibe. like a yeah that's cool well i see you brought your guitar yeah maybe you want to yeah. do a song or? we'll do we'll do it all right yeah, yeah man break it out Driving down the coast Did 
I was walking along that Jersey beach. And were you seething with hate? Were you thinking of me? Do you know what it's like? Touch the flames. Just a ghost in a machine, pumping blood and rage into my heart. Afraid of the pieces of myself that I can't see. Do you know what it's like to feel the fire? Do you know what it's like to reach out and touch the flame? Driving down the coast, I was walking on the beach. And if you're thinking, hey, well, I hope it's cause of me. All right, man. Cool. All right, Ryan. Well, thanks for coming out, dude. Thanks. <laughs> And uh, you coming to see Richard? Oh yeah. In, in company tonight. Richard James. Yeah, baby. And all his special writers. Yeah. <laughs> all right, brother. Well, nice talking with you, and we'll.